0: Today we are actually wrapping up our series called Better Together, and over the last few weeks we've talked about a couple different scenarios in which we just are better when we are with each other. One of the things that we've talked, talked about and kind of sums up the last five weeks, well, including this, this fifth week, is that we all need community. And and it's great to have, you know, just any kind of community at some point in your life, maybe as a stopgap, but but at some point we we all don't need just community, we need church community in our lives. Why do we need church community specifically? Because it's there that we experience and discover and live out the fact that we're not alone. And it's there that we grow closer to Jesus and become more like him and understand how that is the best worldview from which to live our lives out together. We talked about some practical ways we can practice community over over the last few weeks, and today we're going to cap it off with the number one thing that's not just the best way to develop community, it's not just the necessary way to develop community, but it is also the thing that we do that substantiates that we are living out our faith as disciples in Jesus. And in a word, that is called serving. We are better together when we are serving, and when we're serving together. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that we lost power from that first big snow that we had. If you guys remember, you guys got a, I can't remember what you got down here, a couple inches here or there maybe. We got about nine inches, you know, 10 to 12 inches in the drifts out where we were. And if you remember the day before, it was, I don't know, what, 60, 65 degrees? And then we had that huge snow that nobody thought was coming, and people got stuck on 95, and it was crazy. Well, out our way out in Goochland in the middle of nowhere, and some of you are like, wow, how, how could you live out that far? You know, that's, that's just crazy. Do they even have internet out there? No, no we don't, actually. <laughs> well, some parts of the county do, but ours, ours doesn't. Well, it was really warm, and then we had a ton of ice, and then we had snow, so it brought down just about every tree that could come down on a power line, that that happened. So if you've driven up 64 at all towards Charlottesville or anything over the last few weeks, you've seen, it looks like a tornado went through there. It's it's pretty crazy. And we've been cleaning up uh, things out there. Well, not me personally. Well, in my yard, Uh, but not along the road. So you guys probably assume that. Anyway, uh, it was crazy. We lost power for uh, about eight days. Um, And it was, uh, we we didn't stay there the whole time. The first day we got out the camp stove and it was great. Made a pot of chili. The kids were out playing in the snow. We lost power about 9.45, you know, so we're just gonna make an adventure of it. Started melting snow. For water to be able to flush our toilets, you know, that's what happens when you're on a well and you lose power. Anyway, a tree came down across the road in my neighbor's, uh, from my neighbor's side of the yard. So walked over there. There There's a line of of trucks trying to get through. People trying to get home. There's a guy out there with a machete hacking at it, trying to cut it out. That was never gonna, never gonna cut it, uh, literally and figuratively. You like that? That joke? This early in the morning? It's gonna happen. You just gotta embrace it and let it, let it wash over you. Uh, My neighbor comes down, down the road his truck and he brings out his big old chainsaw and he gets to work and we start pulling branches and logs out of the way. And, and, and I just remember thinking about it afterwards. And here here's this cool moment where None of, none of us know each other. I mean, I knew my neighbor, but I didn't know these people who were trying to get through down the road, just trying to get home, home from work, that kind of thing. And here's this moment where we had this opportunity where we could just come together, perfect strangers, and we were able to serve one another. You know, help each other just get home, be able to drive through. And here's this cool moment. Little did I know, though, after we spent that first night in the house and it got down to 50 degrees, uh, that we would need somebody else's help for the next seven days to be able to go, go and stay. So it got so cold in the house with the kids. I mean, I could handle it if it was by myself, right? Enough, like, it would be fine, you know. Did somebody say sure? Did somebody, I, um, I, you question, you uh And, and so we decided to take, uh, take a friend up on their offer to, to stay with them. Uh, now, if they had known ahead of time that it would have been eight days for us to, you know, stay there, would they have made that offer? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to ask that. We thought maybe we'd be there for a night or two. Well, I'll tell you, it will go down as a top memorable experience for our family. Uh, It's not usual to lose power and be out of your house for for that many days, but even more so because of how well we were taken care of by our friends. So a huge shout out to our friends, Mike and Kristen, and their big old beautiful German shepherd who not only just let us exist in their home at night to sleep there, but fed us, let us take showers, (laughs) um played games with us, taught us card games, let us disrupt their lives uh, for a week so we could have warmth, running water and a place to, to sleep. So such a big deal, memories that we will cherish absolutely forever. All because we have people in our lives who are willing to humbly and unselfishly serve others. And it's not just a fond memory we'll have either, it's already influenced our family in tangible ways. It's inspired one of our kids to take on recycling in our house, which is, which is pretty neat. And uh, and of course, uh, everybody's asking to get a dog. You know, so it is it has affected us in very tangible ways. While you might not be in a position to host a family of five for a week you know if that happens again we'll uh, if you want to let us know that you're up for that because of a power outage you know you can you can tell us but not everybody's going to be able to do that we, but we all have the same opportunity to use what talents and gifts and resources that God has blessed us with through serving others in innumerable capacities and when i say opportunity for disciples of jesus it's not just that we have an opportunity we have an oblig- obligation to serve one another and i, I use that term pretty specifically and intentionally, because even though I know that it has a, not, a negative commenta- connotation, and when we say the word obligations, oh man, that's something that I have to do, but, but maybe I don't really wanna do it. And sometimes we have a rocky you know, relationship with personal responsibility and those kinds of things, so it makes it, makes it tough when we hear that word. Maybe we'd rather, rather it be something that we've made a commitment to, because then it's my choice and I have control over that thing and I feel a little bit better uh, about it. But if it helps, as disciples of Jesus, we've already made a commitment. We've made a commitment to a covenant relationship with God that Jesus enables and the Holy Spirit empowers that includes not only our salvation, but the obligation of living that salvation out. And that's never been a negative thing. Actually, that's been the most positive impact and effect that could have that we could have on our lives. And that includes the obligation of serving others. So, you know, we can kind of relinquish the need for control to simply free ourselves up to be present and available, to meet needs wherever available. As we've talked about this and we, uh, over the last few weeks, we've read scripture together to reinforce this idea of being in community. We've talked about how we need vulnerability to be uh, together with one another. And a key part of that vulnerability is the humility that we choose to put into place in our lives, that we bring into our relationships with others so that as we mature, in our faith, we embody the posture of Jesus as those who are serving, not simply being served. Let me tell you, and this is kind of a footnote um, for for this, there's much more that could be discussed about this, but let, let me tell you just a personal experience as a pastor that no, most of the time when I talk with people and they're looking for um, an experience or transition of depth in, in their faith, so they wanna know more, they wanna experience more, and, and those kinds of things. The number one thing, that I think, um, as, as I think through that experience that I've had over the, over the decades, is, is that um, the thing that's missing for that depth and for that growth, for that person, is always serving others. And what I mean when I say that is, if you want an experience in, with, in which you draw closer to God, um, in which you, you know more about what it means to live out His word, when you are engaged in the lives of other people, and helping them, and being there for them, and you're having those deep conversations as they're going through the highs and lows of life, as you're uh, there in a posture of being there to give them what they need in those moments, that, that is the best way, that is the only way in which you're gonna grow deeper in your faith in your life. A couple weeks ago, we read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul, in his letter to the church in Corinth, uses the metaphor of the church being the body of Christ, and all of us make up different parts of the body of Christ and how that draws us closer to God as a community. Well, he also uses the same imagery to reinforce the expectation that we serve in Romans chapter 12. So we're going to read that this morning, uh, verses 3 through 8. Paul writes this, If your gift is prophesying, uh, when you read the word prophesy in this context, understand that Paul is talking about um, preaching, essentially, uh, giving a message that is reinforced and comes from God's word. Okay, so we're not talking about um, telling the future, maybe, is is sometimes a lot of times what people think of when they hear hear that word. Uh, So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And let's do this. Let's take one sentence out out of this passage that Paul writes, because I think I think it gives us a really important context for how we think about um, why serving is in, included and a part of our faith in, in God. Uh, verse 6, so I'm going to pull that out, and I think I've got just, just that first sentence from chapter, um, chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Maybe this is something that you, you have never heard, heard before, but I, I think is really important for us to understand about what it looks like to live out our faith uh, with God. Grace is not limited to our state of salvation. And what I mean by that is maybe you're familiar with the phrase, we are saved by grace. Maybe you're familiar with it because it's in the Bible. <laughs> And so it so it's there and and it's true. Um it it is also uh, often used isolated and not within its context as an excuse for inaction. And and what I mean by when I say that is a lot of time, well we're saved by grace and so we don't we don't need to do anything, you know, we just we just get to experience that and that, that's great. Uh, eh, that's kind of an eh. it it, ex, it 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 is often an excuse for inaction, which it was never intended to mean. Um, and it also excludes that the grace afforded us from God um, isn't just about something that, might, uh, that, that we look forward to and will happen you know, for the future. We're saved for heaven, and one day we'll get there, and so right now we're just kind of hanging out and waiting for that to happen. And that's not what any of that means. Uh, the grace that God affords us and gives to us freely also includes gifts, gifts that we're meant to experience and share in right now, here in this life, uh, and that we're actually, because we've been given by God through them to, to, to be good stewards with them, that we're obligated to use among and with and e- with each other. There's a lot of theological, you know, minutiae that might come uh, through that, and we can talk about that later. We're not going to get into that this morning, but it's best to sum up the complete thought from Scripture. So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So not only does God's grace afford us salvation, it affords us the tools and functions that we need to live out our salvation, to live as people who are disciples of Jesus that have been impacted and changed, who are new creations. And there's, and then we can see that and experience that in and among each other. God didn't just save us for a world to come, he saved us for this one too. And we show that through the way that we serve, the way that we serve each other, the way that we serve together. And as we kind of build this theology of, of serving with this clear directive in, in, in mind, let's go back to verses one and two of chapter 12. Because these are two of the most powerful verses that I think we read in scripture that summarizes what our life in Christ looks like. Here's what it, here's what it if you, you had to take only two verses in scripture and say, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus and to live that out, what does it look like? Verses one and two in, in Romans 12, which set up the context for verses three and eight, right? which we already understand that we all have a function in the body, we need to live that out, we need to serve that, we have talents and we need to exercise them within the community of believers we gather and worship with. Here's what it looks like to be a Christian. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As living sacrifices, the transformation of our being takes place as our minds are renewed by God's word through the Bible. And so we gotta know it, we gotta be in it, we gotta be reading it, we gotta gotta have it in our lives. And that's so that we can participate in his will, which we live out. So we gotta know it and we gotta do it. And then comes verses three through eight where Paul gives the context in which those things happen. It happens in the church and it happens as we serve. As we serve together, as we serve one another, as we serve throughout our lives. You remember group projects in school? At all? Any of you? Some some of you are like, oh man, I don't, I don't know if I remember my last one. Maybe you know you remember that time that you got paired up with someone, or maybe a small group of someone's, and you had some particular class that you had to. I, I don't, you know, I can't even think of a great example right now, other than the last one that I had, which was in college. I ended up in jail for a couple hours for that one. But I think I think I've already shared that story before, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna worry about. Um, but that, but you know, but you got to present a, a, a you know a project to the. Teacher for for a grade, and, and the, you know, the normal group project trope is is that somebody doesn't pull their weight, right? That there's one person maybe who does all the work for everybody else and you go in and get an A and everybody's happy except for the person who did all the work, right? Because, hey, you guys didn't earn that, I earned that. Um, or, you know, one person or most of the people brings everybody down and get a horrible grade even though the one person was busting their butt or something like that and everybody's looking around, nobody's happy about it. Um, which person were you in school? You don't have to, you don't have to answer that. That's, that's just for you to kind of internalize that. But we do have to answer for which person we are in life. Because the group projects haven't, haven't stopped, and that's why they're valuable, I think, uh, in, a, in some sort of learning uh, in, environment. We're involved in all kinds of group projects. It could be church, it could be our family, it could be our work. You know, where we need each other, we're relying on each other, and we're relying on the effort that we put into it, and the, the work that we do, the, the way that we serve one another, in um, the context that we find ourselves in. And all of us have expectations for how our talents ought to be put to use in each of those areas. And so you can kind of tell, you know, when somebody's not using their talents and abilities and their gifts and serving one another in a family. Somebody's not, not doing their part, right? Or at work. We can kind of see when, when, when that happens. Maybe in, the church, maybe in the church, we don't see that as clearly. And, and maybe you would have to go through, and, and if you haven't been with us through all the sermons that we talked about in the sermon series... Um, maybe, maybe you just don't understand the value that you, you carry as a disciple of Jesus as you live out your faith. But may, in, those, in those areas that we find ourselves in, may we not forget that the highest ethic for those expectations, you know, for how we fulfill those roles, come from how God has gifted us through his grace to take on that responsibility that we have. It's a weighty thing when we stop and consider it, but God's already given us the gift of those talents and abilities and those resources to participate, however he's called us to, or wherever the need is, because we don't have to wait for God to call us to pick up a piece of trash or, you know, something like that, or clean the toilet or, or those, those things, right? Um, all of us can, can participate and in, in, in do those things. And he's also given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to do those things, to sustain his work in us. Paul mentions in, in his list in verses three through eight in Romans chapter 12, he mentions a short list. He says, preaching, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercy. But understand this is not an exhaustive list. So this is not about looking at, oh, where, where can I pigeonhole myself into the, to this one thing? It also doesn't mean that we just pick one thing and we sit around and wait for everybody else to do all the others. That's, that's not his point either. It means that we are part of something bigger than just ourselves, than just the individual. In order to acknowledge that and participate in it, we volunteer for a piece of the group project because the community that God saves us to, to be with, to begin with. So here are a couple important things to understand, takeaways for how we engage in serving as we are a member of the body. So in the context of the church, what is Paul saying? Uh, The first is this, the body does not exist to serve its members. That could, that could step on some toes, maybe, just a little bit, depending on your, experience, your church experience and how you've been treated by the church or something like that. It's like, well, may, maybe, you know, well, what, what, about, what about me? You know, what, what's, how is the church meant to serve me? It doesn't exist to serve its members. So, in other words, it's not about any one individual that's not what the church is about. Not any one person that's here representing this room, or online, or even somebody who's out in the in the community that we're we're hoping to to reach out and to serve. Um, it's it's about Jesus. It's about worshiping God. So ultimately, that's that's what the body exists for. We've talked about this before. The church does not exist to produce a menu of religious goods and services. So we don't, you know, when you come in, you don't get a piece of paper that says, here are the things that we, I mean, you can check out our website or, you know, velocitychurch.info, the, those kinds of things. But um, here, here's, here's why we exist. We exist to meet whatever particular thing that you want from us in this moment. You, you think about how this would work with our individual physical bodies. If our body existed to only serve one member, think about how much trouble we get into when we allow our bodies to be directed by just one body part, all right? So take, I don't know, the stomach for for example, like that's a good one. What if I only did what my stomach or my taste buds, maybe that's a more accurate way, but what if I only did what my taste bud, taste buds want wanted all the time, all right? Ice cream, like I, I, ice cream for every meal for sure, right? Can I get a witness? I, yeah, yeah, here, I, all right. I mean, there are certain things, I mean, pizza, I could eat all kinds of different pizzas, all kinds of different ways. Um, I mean, so many different things I would eat all the time. Where would that leave me in two years, right? If I did that for two years, I, I wouldn't be here, right? I, I mean, I, I just, if I just went with what my taste buds wanted, that would not work well. I mean, some of us th- can think through moments in our lives where we got into big trouble, life-altering trouble, because we let one body part d- dictate what we wanted in the moment, because what, how we wanted to feel the emotions that we had in those moments. Um, when we let one body part do all the thinking for us, it's not a wise thing to do, and it never, never ends well, right? There's something bigger at stake, and so humility is the lens through which we think about why our community exists and how we're meant to participate in it, and we aren't doing it for the kudos. We aren't doing it for what we want. We're in it for what God wants, and he's made it clear what that is. is to be with us, and for us to be with each other as we are with him, to experience the, the love and the hope and the faith that he has uh, created in our lives. And that includes all of us. He wants, he wants to be with all of us, even those who aren't here yet. As living sacrifices who are serving within community, we want the body to be healthy and sustained by the one who gave us the gift of grace to share in faith with one another. And so the body does not exist to serve its members. So we volunteer our time and our resources and our ability on an ongoing regular basis because God created us and saved us for it. And if we have no margin for that, um, then we need to create space for ourselves to, be ser- for ourselves to be served less so that he can be served more. So here's the second thing. When the body is served, so are the members. And, and that's, that's how we put, put things in the right order. When we participate in God's pleasing and perfect will, it honors and glorifies him. And in a continuation of his grace and mercy to us, we're the ones who reap the benefits. Even, even though we don't, we don't deserve it. <laughs> but purpose, meaningfulness, a sense of accomplishment, value, contentment, obedience, mission, all of those are fulfilled in our collective unified work in him. But even better, love, hope, and faith are built up and sustained in us through serving together for God and for one another. Faith is not merely a mental exercise. It's a practical exercise. And it's a physical one as well. And if we want to be better together, we better get together and be about what God is about. And then it's creating space and time in our lives to work alongside each of uh, each other versus kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. While we were at the, their house for the week, our friends that I told you stayed for uh, seven, seven days, our friends, had, they have this beautiful dining room and they have these beautiful play settings. And it was Kind of Christmassy, you know time stuff that they had, winter stuff, and it was just gorgeous um, plates and what are the things underneath the place called mat they're mats, place mats is that what they're called? you can tell yeah. we can tell we're we're pretty bougie <laughs> at my house um, you know knife fork nap- like cloth napkins, place uh, no, those are the place settings what 's the thing in the middle it's a it's in my notes what 's it called centerpiece, yes, a centerpiece you guys. And you can tell I'm on top of uh, the dining room table for sure. The center, you know, just gorgeous, it just lo- looks amazing. And so, at, but at night, a lo- sometimes we'd eat dinner there and so we'd pick everything up, you know, because you don't want to mess up the nice stuff. Um, and we, we'd move all that stuff and I had to add extra chairs around there. And we started joking about it because we would play games there and play cards and, and some other things. Um, and, and we'd also, we'd always, uh, you know, the first few nights we started putting things back, you know, and, and making, arranging it, and making it look nice and pretty. Uh, but we just started laughing about it. Oh, we're we're probably going to be here forever, so we might as well just leave it, leave it all, all open. Um, you know, that just that just that little gesture right there, you're, you're taking taking the space in in their lives they completely upended it for us. Where they had this table, they had a few chairs there, but they added more. And they cleared it off to serve, to serve us. They didn't have to make room at their table, but because they did, we're gonna have moments that we cherish for a lifetime. And when we do this as a church, we create moments that we'll be able to cherish for an eternity, and not, not just for us but also for people that we need to make room for, and we need to add some extra chairs for. When we serve together as the church, we create moments with each other that we will share forever. And so let me just say, as, as followers of Jesus, when it comes to serving and being better together when we serve, let me, let me just encourage you, create some space and add some chairs to your table in your life. Humbly create margin in your life to serve others. God has gifted you through his grace Talent and ability and resources to do those things we're a part of the history and future of countless disciples of Jesus Who have served our serving and will serve and we're called to do our part And this is the huge practical next step that we take in being better together here here This is the action that that we take in those moments It could be preaching it could be teaching in in kids ministry. It could be picking up trash you know, no matter what those things are, even, even if, if you're online with, I mean, you can be a part of our prayer team, you can be part of our pastoral, pastoral care and reaching out and checking in on people. You know, whatever those things are, there's no big or little task in those moments. It all goes into helping people find Jesus and love God. And that's, that's the mission that God has given us to all of the church, the big seed church, not just Velocity. All of what we are saved and called to do. And so if you're not yet serving somewhere in your life, it's not a complicated thing. It doesn't have to be complicated at all. Find a need and fill it. You can go to velocitychurch.info here at our church. Uh, there's actually a QR code. Look at QR codes making a comeback. Have you noticed that? Isn't that cool? You could use your phone, uh, picture your camera app like from all the way back in the back and scan that. And it will take you right there to velocitychurch.info, which is really cool. You can do that. You can talk to Christina about getting connected. Um, Christina's back in the back, she's got headphones on, and she's gonna, you're, you would have to wait for her like a couple minutes after the service as so she uh, closes our live stream uh, to talk with her. You could talk to Adria about helping out and serving with kids. She's over there um, in the big room uh, teaching right now, and so you could talk to her about uh, getting connected with that. You could talk with Sarah about moments of hope and getting connected with outreach, and she's gonna be up here on stage at the end of the service, and so you could just come up and just bother her while she's in the middle. I know, I'm, ki- I'm kidding, you don't, don't do that. Um, it's, it's an easy thing to do. It's just something that we've got to humble ourselves to, to do and be a part of. Let me, let me just read you two, two verses from Romans chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, that can, I, think, I, I, I think puts a nice, uh, puts a nice cap on uh, this, this idea of being better together through serving and, and even this sermon series. Here's what Paul says. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. May we do that and be better together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these moments that we have to pause, to be still in our lives, and know you to be in the midst of others who know you, who are following you, who are seeking to live out uh, the life to which you've called all of us, the life that you have saved us for and to. God, we're so deeply, eternally grateful for the grace that you have given each and every one of us. Thank you for saving us from the consequences of our own sin God, help us uh, Thank us. Thank you for helping us to to have a new, brand new life in you. And God, as we as we live that out, we just ask that you help us to see how your Holy Spirit empowers us to live that life out, to serve others, to to be a part of one another's lives, and uh, humbling ourselves so that we can we can be more like Jesus every day. God, we praise you, we honor you, we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.